And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. Okay, here we go. <laughs> my goal my goal is to make everybody in the chat a moderator in the chat. Welcome, everybody. Uh, <laughs> happy to have you all here. We are live from the bunker. My name is Jason Hunt. I am the editor here at Sci-Fi for Maine. And as you can see there, we do have uh, some Marvel representation on our refrigerator magnets. Stan, the man himself, as well as She-Hulk. And we're going to get into that here uh, shortly. We are broadcasting live to Facebook, Odyssey, YouTube. And uh, we're available on a number of podcast platforms as well. I see we've got listeners in Russia, Spain, Germany, Poland, the UK, Ireland, Italy. Good to have all of you with us. And if you would like to see this show live on video, uh, you're always welcome to join us, uh, the various different platforms where we have our stuff. Even though, even though it's evil, if it's not YouTube, according to Reuters. So I'll share that with you here in a minute. So, um... <clears throat> Uh, yeah, I did. I did get a little bit of sun, um, and and there's a story there too. Uh, not not bad. It's day job stuff, which is why so many things were uh, late getting uploaded last night. Uh, a quick note um, for for those of you who have ever contemplated supporting the channel through PayPal, hold off. Uh, we got a we got a thing here, and I'm not sure what to make of this. I've sent this to our our money guys to see if this is what's going to happen because um, I don't know what this is going to do. This is a new policy that they've they've changed, and it basically says that business uh, this this first line here effective September 19th. U.S. business accounts will not be able to receive personal transactions from PayPal accounts outside the U.S. starting October 31st. I don't know exactly how that would impact us, if it will, um, but it might. So if you're going to give us money through PayPal, you better do it now. Otherwise, PayPal is going to shut everything down. Uh, I tell you, it's... It, between between that and YouTube deciding that the super thanks option is not available to live streams or scheduled premieres. So basically, if you go to our channel, the, the super thanks is this new kind of way that you can give money to a channel. But it's only available on videos that get uploaded, not on videos that go that go live. So either live stream like what we're doing here or if I upload something and I schedule it and it premieres. So basically one o'clock it, it goes live and it plays through one time as if it's live. 
the super thanks are not available to that either. Which is dumb. I mean, you're sabotaging how many creators that use YouTube for live broadcasting as opposed to, well, we're just going to cut a video and put it up. And it's basically geared toward, yeah, and we're, and we're, and we're buffering on YouTube now. Surprise, surprise. But it's geared toward these people, especially like with the shorts, you know, record a little 60 minute, th you know, 60 second thing and put it up as shorts. It's geared toward people who are putting in shorter form video, not as produced video, possibly. I mean, you can make a 60 second spot that's that's heavily produced, lots of effects and, and animations and graphics and whatnot. But it takes time to make that. What they're trying to do is get into the TikTok crowd and say, you know, it's 60 seconds and boom, here it is. And, and now with this Super Thanks thing, if, if you go and look at any of the shows that have streamed live, that's not available. But if you go over something like Salacious Crumbs, for example, which is a direct upload, then you can hit that Super Thanks button and send us money that way. It's, it's such a, such a cockeyed process. <clears throat> and yeah, Dave, you're right. It's always something. It's always something. And YouTube keeps changing everything. Keeps changing the algorithm. Keeps changing the rules. <sighs> I don't know. All right. So Keeley says, speaking of the UK, shout out to As of Heels versus Babyface and Mauler. See tomorrow, noon central on the real BBC. Um, yeah. I have actually not been able to catch that show yet but uh it's on my radar as is as is a character he is he's fun he's fun to watch all right so i mentioned i mentioned the the reuters thing i mentioned the reuters thing so let me let me do that first and then and then we'll kind of get into a, a, a couple of things here because we're on the various different video platforms besides YouTube. We're on Rumble, we're on Odyssey, we're on BitChute, but it's not doing anything because BitChute, you can't do anything without the paid account and and they don't have a payment processor because they're you know, because of politics, right? So you have now an effort, at least partial effort, the beginnings of an effort to smear and malign everybody who's using alt tech. We saw we saw it with when they when they shut down Parler. We shot, saw it when they were going after Gab. We saw it when they were going after you know they're going after Truth Social. They're going after Getter. All all of these different alternative social media platforms. Well, now they're also going after the alternative video platforms. And the way this is characterized in the Reuters tweet. Linking to the story. BitChute, they, they specifically target BitChute. I haven't been over there in a little bit. BitChute, a video sharing site, calls itself an independent platform making a stand against internet censorship. Its most popular videos are full of misinformation and hate speech. Read more from the... Okay. Now, you go over to the article... And you've got all of these different things. I see Dan Bongino there, but I don't see, I, I don't recognize any of the rest of these people. The article, the headline, a new breed, new breed of video sites thrive on misinformation and hate. Well, that's not biased at all. 
BitChute and Odyssey serve up conspiracies, racism, and graphic violence to millions of viewers. Taking advantage of big tech disinformation crackdowns and the rise of Trump, the sites reflect a new media universe. One where COVID-19 is fake, Russia fights Nazis in Ukraine, and mass shootings are false flag operations. Now, I'm not going to get into this article because this is not, this is not what, what I'm here for today. But given the fact that we are broadcasting to Odyssey right now, and given the fact that we have our, our YouTube channel linked over to Rumble, this, this kind of thing is, this is slanderous. And for, for Reuters to, get, to, to put this out there, this is kind of like what's, what this whole thing with Sam Phillips here a few weeks ago, uh, uh, what, last week? How long has it been? Gosh, everything happened so fast. There's so much. You know, Sam Phillips basically coming out saying, you know, well, Hunter could have dead kids in his in his basement. I wouldn't care. I mean, this is whole ends justify the means thing. But we've got to we've got to get rid of the competition because these are not government approved Ministry of Truth outlets. And the marketplace will take care of it. I mean, if you have. If you have material on there, see, this is where Section 230 comes into play. Because Section 230 basically says you're a platform. You're a pass-through. And Facebook and YouTube especially don't adhere to that. They will curate and they will, they will uh, manipulate all of the data. Remember, you're the product. And... This is the kind of thing that some of these alternative social media platforms, these alternative video platforms are sitting there saying, hey, we're just providing the architecture. We're not responsible for the content, which is exactly what Section 230 is supposed to do. However, that's not what some people would like it to do. That's not what some people think that it does. And so you get 1984 and Brave New World and Animal Farm. I was talking to somebody about this yesterday. I said, you know, I, Brave New World, Animal Farm, Fahrenheit 451, and 1984. That's where we are. So, yeah, and who knows what's going to happen uh, with, with any of this stuff. They could, this could be the beginning of an, another wave of, of the attempt at censorship and wrong think and Ingsoc and Ministry of Truth and all of that. I mean, we here, here's this story here uh, from Hong Kong Free Press, the headline, In China, latest Minions movie gets a new ending that promotes the rule of law. Uh, here we go. Some more censorship, some more bowing to the the communist regime every now and again it feels like the pendulum is kind of swinging back but then you get those kind of stories you get those those items that kind of makes you wonder really are we are we making progress or not so Sci-Fi says there's a gra there's a graphic novel of of Animal Farm. I didn't know that. That's that's good to know. I will I will have to check that out. Uh, good for exposing your teenager to these dangers. He, my kid read Animal Farm when he was a teenager. He thought it was pretty good. 
he, I think he understands what it was, what it was about. Uh, and you're right, you're, you know, Keely, you're you're absolutely correct. They are warnings, not instruction manuals. And some people seem to think that, <laughs> that it's that it's one over the other. <coughs> so anyway, now Cam um, Cam one one three eight. The people claiming there are five lights are screeching. The people say there are three are spreading misinformation. I I, I may have to take your wrench back. Uh, because there are four lights, sir. <laughs> anyway, all right. So um, I saw, I saw She-Hulk Attorney at Law over the weekend. Um, oh, before I get to that, we, I see. Yeah, I actually have my notes here of how what I'm going to talk about. I need to tell you about the tiger. <coughs> Let me turn that off. So, uh, Wednesday, a programming note, Wednesday, we're going to have our 450th show. I still don't know what we're going to do. Might do might do open mic, might have a bunch of guests, and uh, who knows? I, I'm not sure. i got to decide today what we're going to do so I can get some emails out and, and talk to people. And then on Friday, I thought what I would do is take my 34 years of experience in the media... <coughs> And distill it down into some helpful tips for all of you independent creators out there. Whether you're writing a book or writing a comic book or creating a short film or doing whatever. This, this flows out of a, a number of different posts and back and forth on socials talking about how independent, me, independent creators need a media kit. You might have that phantasmagorical better than sliced bread idea for the next graphic novel and if you don't have the means and the methods and the skills and the and the training education information to get your message out nobody's going to know about it so i thought what i'd do is kind of distill down into not necessarily kind of a ted talk but but just basics on what you need in a media kit to promote your work, to promote your product, to promote your book, to promote your short film, fan film, whatever it is that you're working on as a creative endeavor, you need to be able to tell people about it. You need to be able to talk to people about it. You need to be prepared to answer questions when you're doing interviews. What are you going to talk about? How are you going to say things? What are you going to say? What are you going to look like? What information do you provide ahead of that interview? What's on your, uh, what's on your stuff? Yes, uh, electronic press kit. It doesn't even have to be electronic press kit. I mean, back in the day, we got, we got books. We got black and white photographs, and I still got a few of those somewhere. I may, ha I may have to dig those out. Those I've got, I've got quite a few of those. Back when I was an intern for an agency that handled the Walt Disney Company, way back in the day. I was an intern in Dallas when the Rocketeer came out. So that's how far back that goes. But anyway, so yeah, I think I'm going to do that media kit day on Friday. Now let me tell you about the Tiger. Let me tell you about... I had a weird dream this morning. I didn't have a chance to, to tell Mrs. Boss about it. I had a weird, very strange, very strange dream. I, I was in a house. I guess it was my house. And it looked like it had some some uh, Frank Lloyd Wright design elements inside of it. And there was a tiger. 
there was a tiger inside this house with a cub. And I was like, oh, okay, we got a tiger in the house. Everybody needs to clear out. We need to get out of the house. Get out of the house. There's a tiger in the house. And somehow I ended up outside the house with the tiger following me and the cub following me. And they were rather playful. Hey, let's play. No, 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 no. We're not going to do that. And I don't know where I ended up, but I ended up on the phone trying to get a hold of animal control. And everyone was like, well, I don't know what we're going to do with a tiger. What are you going to do with a tiger? It was a very strange dream. It was very strange. And I don't have any idea where it came from. Although, this goes to my, I get in a little sun. Yesterday, I had, uh, <coughs> I had a day job. I had a stagehand gig out at the University of Kansas out of the football field. So we're out there in the stadium, so full sun and all of that, setting up stage. and what, it's, it's, their, it's their first week of school, and they're introducing the, the new students, the freshman class and, and new students that are transferring in to campus culture, campus life. And this is kind of their welcome orientation. Here's, here's what you can expect at the school, right? And as part of this, they played their alma mater. They played their, their school song, which is the same tune that we used in my high school, and, and my high school's mascot was the Tigers. So that's the only thing I can think of why a tiger showed up in my dream this morning. It was very, very, very strange. I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird. It's weird how the mind works, you know? You get little bits and pieces of things that you experience throughout the day, throughout the week, and they somehow get distilled and synthesized into this weird thing in your subconscious it's very strange all right so 20 minutes in now let's talk about our topic because it's that important to me so we watched uh and, and yeah Kayla, you're right if we if if we hadn't had the rocketeer we would we probably would have still had a captain america movie but it would have been a very different captain america movie i for one can't think of anybody else besides joe johnston who could have directed captain america you could probably get other people to do it, but it wouldn't be as 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 good. All right, so uh, Mrs. Boss and I watched the first episode of She-Hulk this week, uh, this weekend, and at the end of it, I asked her what she thought about it, and she seemed a little apprehensive, and I'm. Uh, now, you can say whatever it is that you think about it. I mean, it's, I, I'm not invested in it at all. And, and what? And one thing that she noticed was at the beginning of the episode, I made a couple of comments. Uh, one regarding the, the new origin. And she tells me afterwards that she thought, oh, she figured at some point, uh, because I made a couple of comments at the beginning that this was going to be a running commentary on the episode, but eventually I didn't. I you know, I stopped. I, you know, I had the two at the beginning, and and then I just I just sat and I watched it. And you see all of the all of the discussion online, and you know people various different reactions and whatnot. And I'm and I'm watching this, and it's okay. It's it's not the She-Hulk series that I was expecting and hoping to get. It's 
there's a little bit of a John Byrne pastiche, but not much. There's still the strong female women gender message stuff that's in this thing. And I know this this one clip has been going around where she's femsplaining to Bruce about, you know, being catcalled and managing her anger and all this other stuff. And people are, are, are decrying that and getting all over that. But I will say that there is an additional scene a little bit later on where she does acknowledge Bruce's trauma, the 15 years that he's been dealing with all of this. So there's a little bit of that. There's a, there's a little bit of a balance, not much. There's at least an acknowledgement that Bruce has had a tough time of this. <clears throat> but the idea of She-Hulk being better than, than Hulk is, is in the DNA of this first episode. Now, uh, uh, Snob says that uh, some people have seen other episodes and it gets better. Uh, they're talking about it over at Midnight's Edge. I have not seen anything else uh, because we're no longer, for whatever reason, we're no longer on the press list to get the screeners in advance. And and that's going to skew some of the numbers, some of the some of the ratings on this stuff. Because you look at Rotten Tomatoes, for example. Rotten Tomatoes is sitting there at 82% on, on critic score and 68% on the audience score. But that critic score is based on four episodes, not one. The audience score is based on one episode, if they've even watched it, good or bad. So let's take that into account that the critics have seen more than we have, the unwashed masses. And if it gets better, pilot episodes are always rough. I get that. You look at, Encounter at Farpoint, Star Trek The Next Generation. I mean, pilot episodes are always, mostly, not quite all together there. Deep Space Nine is an exception. But for the most part, the first episode is usually kind of, eh. <clears throat> and you also have to consider, too, that this first episode was not supposed to be the first episode. It was originally the eighth episode, and they had to move it because the, the writers realized, well, you know, we probably should tell the origin story first. You think? And it doesn't help. <clears throat> it doesn't help that in an interview with Variety, <clears throat> Jessica Gao sits there and says, one thing we all realized very slowly was none of us are that adept at writing, you know, rousing trial scenes. Admitting that for the lawyer show, none of them can write lawyer shows. So that doesn't help. <clears throat> what she should have also said was, as soon as we figured out that none of us had been on a, a lawyer show, we started researching lawyer shows. We brought in consultants. We watched other lawyer shows. We researched the tropes. You, gotta, you got to do that kind of thing. You have to establish your credibility in the kind of show that you're going to be writing. Oh, none of us has ever done this kind of a show before. Then do your homework and don't parade your ignorance out there in the press junket. <coughs> and the other thing, with, with regard to uh, the, the, some of the promos that have been online, 
You've got Tatiana Maslany wearing a, a, a transgendered a virtue signal shirt for some of this. And if it were me, and it wasn't me, but if it were me, she would not be wearing that shirt for the promos. Couple of reasons. Because if she had shown up in a Blue Lives Matter shirt, they would have made her change it. If she'd shown up in a, in a Trump 2024 shirt, they would have made her change it. But the fact that she's wearing a Trans Lives Matter type shirt, it's okay. For me, that violates branding. If you're, going to, if you're going to put any kind of a shirt on that has any kind of a message to it, whatever that message is, Black Lives Matter, pro-choice, pro-life, whoever, Biden, Trump, whatever, it doesn't matter because it's not on brand. If you're going to wear a t-shirt like, like something that has a message, put her in a She-Hulk t-shirt. Put her in something that promotes the comic book. And if you're going to do that, then put Mark Ruffalo in an Avengers t-shirt under a purple pullover shirt, a, 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 a purple Oxford. As, as, you know, he's wearing it as Jack, you know, layer him up. Wear, wear an Avengers t-shirt under the purple, because the purple is the Hulk, right? Branding. These people don't have any clue about branding. And all they want to do, and, and the marketing of this crap is going to be the same as it is for, for Captain Marvel. Strong female woman. And the first shot of the, of the show, it, it, it's, it's decent dialogue. I mean, she's basically doing the pitch. You know, you've got all these people that have all of this power. Who's going to hold them accountable? This is a theme that's been running through with the Sokovia Accords and all this other stuff. That's there. You know, you go back to to Edward Norton's Hulk. You know, Thunderbolt Ross. He's got he's got uh, this power in the Hulk, and nobody's no nobody can hold the Hulk accountable. What happens when this when this power from these superheroes, from these mutants or or augmented people, what happens when they get out of control? <clears throat> I, that's fine. If you want to pursue that theme, okay. And, and she's talking about, you know, the show's pretty much about identity. So the, the court stuff is going to be incidental to all of this, I'm pretty sure. They're writing a lawyer show, but we're hardly ever going to be in court. I'm, 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 I'm guessing. Because we don't know how to write them, so we're not going to write them. <coughs> Alec, Alec McShee-Hulk, yeah, see... Uh, snob, let me let me let me pull this up because uh, Ally McBeal is brought up in this article here in Variety because they're talking about you know Ally McBeal, and she says we never really talked about Ally McBeal or referenced her. <coughs> this is going to hurt because I would say most of our writers' room was a little bit on the young side to have really known that show during its heyday. But yes, people can't help but make the comparison to Ally McBeal. So Ally McBeal playing in the bar was a choice made during post-production. So in, in the bar, when she, when she, after her first Hulk out, she goes to the bar to get cleaned up, Ally McBeal is playing on the TV. Now, first of all, Ally McBeal is never going to be playing on TV in a bar. It, it just it just isn't it just 
There's no way. There's no way. <clears throat> and no, snob, the, I, I do not have a fear of commitment. <laughs> now, having said that, I will admit that I don't just jump into something immediately. <clears throat> Mrs. Boss can attest to that. But when I do, then here we go. I mean, look, I've been doing this for 13 and a half years with very little reward. <clears throat> but that's okay. Really. The, the show is... <clears throat> okay, maybe, maybe it gets better. I'm not invested in it because when, when Mindy and I were talking about it afterwards, she, she thought it was fine. I mean, she enjoyed it. It was funny. But <coughs> for me, I'm at a point where I'm, not, I'm no longer emotionally invested in anything that, that anybody is doing. Marvel, Star Trek, Star Wars, any of it. And so I'm watching this episode. I'm thinking, okay, it's all right. Whatever. And it's that whatever that's tacked on there. It's whatever. You, you, you want to do this show? Okay, fine. It's not as good as all of the shill media. Oh, it's so great. It's the best Marvel show ever. No, it's not. But it's also not super woke, cringeworthy, dreck, BS like some of the other, some of the other people are saying either. It's just there. And yeah, she's got a Ruth Bader Ginsburg bobblehead on the shelf. Okay. Yes, there's some subtle messaging there. And there's some in-your-face-with-a-baseball-bat messaging with her whole speech about getting catcalled and managing her anger every single day because women. <clears throat> I, I personally would like to know what that what that that spaceship that courier ship was doing looking for Bruce because there's a there's a Chekhov's gun that we're not going to get unless something happens later on in the show that explains why they're they're on earth looking for Bruce Banner looking for the Hulk I mean that just that just the, the ship just drops in there and and he recognizes it which means you know uh, I saw a, a Easter egg video from screen uh, from uh, from was it oh Ryan Ryan Aries screen crush and he was saying <clears throat> he was saying that it, it now that smart Hulk has integrated Hulk and Bruce Banner all into one persona he remembers all of that time where he was out in space and and now he recognizes the the ship <clears throat> okay but are we going to pick up that thread in the show? Or is this Kevin Feige giving us homework? Because, again, Feige is the showrunner. All of these different things are different episodes. And if you've got this that has connected thread tissue to something else, you know, a lot of people are speculating that maybe we might get World War Hulk at some point because the universal rights are going to revert next year. This year, yeah, next year, 2023. So maybe we get a Hulk 
show. Maybe we get a Hulk movie, a, a solo Planet Hulk, World War Hulk movie. <coughs> Maybe. I don't know. And, and if this is, let's put this in here to connect it to something else. you got to watch this to watch that, to see this, to read that, to watch this, to understand what's going on. I don't want to do homework anymore. I don't want to do that to enjoy my stuff, to enjoy what's supposed to be entertaining me. Entertain me. Don't make me work for it. You know, I work already in all of my different jobs. I don't want to have to work to be entertained. Now, if it makes me think about different ideas, okay, fine. It leaves me thinking about stuff. But if it leaves me just, eh, whatever, then you haven't done your job. You haven't delivered on the promise. We're going to do something that's going to entertain you. And at this point, I don't know that they're doing anything. I saw, I saw uh, some, some comment in the, in the Rotten Tomatoes audience scores. This is, this is written for the Tumblr likes, or for the Twitter likes. And it probably is. All right, so we're going to get into reactions. We're going to take a real quick break. We're going to get into what other people are saying about it. <clears throat> I don't care. I mean... I'll do maybe a couple of more episodes and see if it gets any better. If it does, fine. But if it goes the way I'm thinking it might, then I may check out in, in three episodes like I did with Kenobi. So, who knows? We'll see. All right, we're going to discuss other reactions when we get back. Stand by. We're not puny gods, just puny podcasters. This is Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Sci-Fi For Me is about to take you on an incredible journey into the realms of science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Interviews with writers, filmmakers, artists, and actors. Conventions and fandom. Previews and reviews of movies and television. Sci-Fi For Me is working to be the most popular science fiction magazine in the solar system. Subscribe now and enter the fantastic world of Sci-Fi For Me, delivering the multiverse since 2009. Good morning, Multiverse. Saturday morning at 11, 10 Central, only on Sci-Fi For Me TV. All right, back live from the bunker. Jason Hunt here along with all of you. Whether you are here live or Memorex, we're glad you're here. I always appreciate everybody that shows up to these things. And uh, yes, Kaylee, you're right. Uh, it has been about 14 years since uh, Universal's done a Hulk movie. And according to reports, the deal that Universal has with Hulk is the same kind of deal that uh, that Fox had with regard to the Fantastic Four, which means a 15-year deal. Uh, and that's why people are speculating that the rights are going to revert back to Marvel next year, which will then allow them to make a solo Hulk movie. So we'll see about that. But do we really want one now? I mean, considering what they've done to our boy, have they have they done Hulk dirty by making him Smart Hulk, Professor Hulk, Banner Hulk? Is that is that really where we want to be? I don't know. We'll see. All right. So let's let's 
take a moment here, and I know Rotten Tomatoes is going to be skewed anyway, but with the Rotten Tomatoes score for this thing, 82% for the critic score, 68% for the audience score. Again, remember, critics have seen four episodes. <clears throat> audience has seen one episode. So the, the response is going to be different. It's, it's entirely possible that this gets better the next three episodes and that audience score might go up. It's right now 68%. It may go up. Maybe. But you have the the, the critics and I'm just going to read some at random here. The CGI is definitely spotty. Tatiana Maslany's acting and personality are a big reason why I'm able to overlook those flaws. And look, I, I have said on a number of occasions, Tatiana Maslany is a brilliant performer. She is, she is an excellent, talented actress. There's no question about that. Her work in Orphan Black is stellar. And when I heard she's going to be playing Jennifer Walters, I thought, oh, this is going to be fun. She could, she could really carry that character and do some, do some really interesting stuff with it. But she needs good material to work with. She needs the writers to give her the, the scenes to chew on. And I don't know that she's being serviced by the writers as of yet. <coughs> so, um, let's see here. Da -da 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 -da. Plenty of cameos and fourth wall breaks. Can't hide a bland and flavorless pudding. That's one uh, negative reaction. Uh, while this one can be polarizing for some, it's a fresh foray into entertaining sitcom territory for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay. If the rest of the season follows through on the promise of the first four episodes with the strength of its clear and unique voice shining through, She-Hulk could prove to be exactly the sort of light divergence this franchise needs. Um, I don't think... I, I don't think Liz Shannon Miller means divergence. I think maybe she means diversion. I don't know. Possibly. I don't know. Uh, Jonathan Hickman, who I think writes comic books, or at least used to, uh, for the new Noonan Times Herald. The She-Hulk in Attorney at Law isn't the savage variety some comic book fans might expect, nor is she precisely sensational, but the potential for both is there. Okay. Now, you look over at the audience scores, <clears throat> again, only seeing one episode, and you got a lot of four and five stars. This is just really great. It's very self-aware of, of how ridiculous it is and has a lot of fun with it anyway. Additionally, it is sort of sweet and weirdly understandable how the main character wants to be this LAO-like show. Um, what does that mean? While anyone inside and outside the universe can tell that it's just going to work like... I, I don't know what that means. Uh, character progression is rushed and not of Marvel caliber. Which Marvel? Phase 1 through 3 or Phase 4? Because that caliber is a little different. Uh, definitely don't think they did the research on this character well and show is not entertaining. Uh, I'm half a star. I'm puking right now. No, no overreacting. I'm literally puking watching this. <clears throat> One of the best new shows of the year. The dynamic between Jennifer Walters and Bruce Banner is delightful. 
show is absolutely funny, and I can't wait to see where the show goes with the court cases and superhero villain cameos. All right, remember, the writers have admitted they can't write court cases. They don't know how. So, something to look forward to, certainly. Um, Half Star. This is one of, if not the worst series Marvel has ever dropped. And that's saying something because they have dropped a lot of, mm -hmm, of as of late. I thought it would be bad based on the trailer, but it's even worse. Bad writing, bad CGI, bad jokes. Don't waste your time. Uh, one Star. Pretty terrible. Disney loves to hide little lectures in these things. I won't be watching any more of this. Uh, here's another one. A boring first episode that seems more interested in making every man in the show, including Bruce Banner, come across like a complete moron than it does actually introducing or even telling us much about the main character beyond her being a lawyer and Bruce's cousin. I, it's Here's five stars. It's a comedy. The MCU could be a comedy. It might, not be, it might be a bit overdone now, but it fits perfectly for She-Hulk. Okay, if you're giving me a five-star rating and you have that caveat, well, it might be a little overdone, but still, five stars. And it just keeps going on. It's, you know, <clears throat> there, there, it does have potential. There is potential. But reading these reactions and reading the stuff online and seeing all of the different videos and the headlines of the people saying MCU and, and She-Hulk and... and, and, and it's, she's just so great and everything's wonderful and it's all woke and it's terrible. I'm sitting here and I'm thinking to myself, clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. I'm and and I'm sitting here and Mindy Mindy was expecting a a running commentary throughout the episode. She was expecting me to start making comments and do this to ask questions, do this that. And I don't care. I, and and it disappoints me that you're delivering a product, a brand, and and Neon Neon had a good a good post on this uh, earlier this morning. He, he basically said, you know, these these all of these properties now, they're they're now you know once they get bought by corporations, and it doesn't matter what it is, Star Wars, Star Trek, Doctor Who. Lord of the Rings, Marvel, DC, any of those. Once they become a property, once they become intellectual property, they become a product, they become a brand, then it's no longer important. It's just the next thing that we have to sell. The corporation doesn't have the investment into the product <coughs> That the original creators have. George Lucas, when he was making Star Wars, George Lucas cared about Star Wars a whole lot more than Disney cares about Star Wars making Star Wars. John Favreau and Dave Filoni probably are almost as invested as George Lucas once was. I don't think he's. I don't think Lucas cares at all anymore. Gene Roddenberry, when he created Star Trek, the, one of the one of the problems that Roddenberry ran into was that everybody else had an idea of what Star Trek wanted to be, and and Roddenberry had very, very 
smart story instincts. But when you get around to the next generation, one of the things that he he said is we can't have you know all of the all of the crew has to get along. And so you had this white bread, you know, this this reduction of conflict between your main characters. And if they're all getting along, you don't have conflict. And if you don't have conflict, you don't have story. And if all of your conflict, if all of your inciting events and all of this stuff comes from outside the ship, comes from outside your main characters, then your characters are just reacting to things. And it doesn't make for a good story. It doesn't make for good drama. And... You know, while while you have that, you you also have the corporate. Well, this is just this is just a widget now. It can be anything. That's one of the reasons why J.J. Abrams' Star Trek looks like Star Wars, because th- nobody can tell the difference anymore. Who cares? And if you're going to sit there and say that She-Hulk is a lawyer show then you probably want to do some research into lawyer shows because lawyer shows have tropes. Lawyer shows have particular expectations, certain particular character types, certain types of scenes that you would expect to see in there. You don't go out and sit there and say, we set out to make a show and we have no idea how to write that kind of show. That's that's not a good look from the marketing standpoint. These, again... Media Kit 101 on Friday, folks. We're going to talk about what you say, what you don't say. How do you present the brand? How do you present the product? And, and, and this is how it is now. It's a corporation. It's a product. This is coming off an assembly line. This is, you know, you can have, you can have the next Ford Model T in any color you want as long as it's black. Right? That's that's how it was. <coughs> you can have any Marvel property, you know, any Marvel story that you want as long as it follows this formula. You can have any Star Trek story you want as long as it fits inside this box. Speaking of which, I want to I want to do a shout out. I want to give a shout out to Jason Nadler. Um, he and his wife Laura have contributed to this channel in the past, uh, doing some red carpet interviews and whatnot at Tribeca and some various different things. Jason has written his very first book. It's called The Books of Alexandria, uh, Book One: The Book Club. And as you can see here, I have notes for a review that I've been meaning to get out. So I'm going to try to get that out today. But one of the things that Jason does in this thing is uh, something that's kind of kind of ties into what I'm talking about here. There is this idea of twins being a thing, right? You, you get the power of twins, the connection of twins, all of the different things, you know, the dyad or whatnot in, in the in the Disney Star Wars movies. You know, the the thing that makes twins special. Well in this particular book he turns that trope a little bit on its ear and he does it rather effectively. Uh, when he's talking about you know, this, this book is about magic and who can use magic and who gets, who gets access to magic and who wants to control magic and all this stuff. And he takes the twins trope and kind of, kind of twists it a little bit. And he does it rather effectively. It's that kind of thing. You need to understand what the rules are. You need to understand what the tropes are so that then you can 
bend them, twist them, do something unexpected with them. But you've got to be, you've got to understand where the expectation is. So then you can sit there and go, well, let's just tweak it a little bit. You don't sit there and go, we don't know how to write that stuff. <clears throat> That's a bad look. It's, it's, it's almost, <clears throat> almost as bad as somebody coming out, Patrick Stewart, and saying, this show is all about Donald Trump and Brexit. Don't do that. Don't do that. That's a mistake. And whoever let Tatiana Maslany wear that trans rights thing, T-shirt, whatever she was saying, they made a mistake. Because now people are focused on that and not the show. We're focused on the Ruth Bader Ginsburg bobblehead and not the show. Brand matters, and you have to stay on brand. <clears throat> if, if we're going to be doing... If we're going to be doing promos for our shows, for example, we're going to we're going to start we're going to shoot some new commercials for H2O podcast, for example. Let me we'll just say that. If Tim showed up in a Black Lives Matter T-shirt, he wouldn't. But if he did, I'd tell him to change it. If you're going to put a if you're going to put any kind of message on a shirt, you wear a Sci-Fi for Me T-shirt. You know, I, I'm not going to show up wearing a MAGA hat. I'm not going to show up wearing a, you know, a Trump 2024 hat uh, or, or shirt or anything because it's not on brand. It distracts from the brand. The focus has to be what's our brand? Who are we? What is our culture as a business? What is our culture as, as a creative endeavor? All of this other stuff out here, all of, all of, all of the... All of the outside stuff, all of the politics and the social and everything else, all of that is incidental to what we're doing here. And it's the same same here. I mean, here at Sci-Fi for Me, we got we got liberals, we got conservatives, we got all all of this kind of thing. But the brand, and I've said this before, you look at all of our social media, the brand doesn't get into that quicksand quagmire stuff. Because it distracts from what we're trying to do, which is build our audience and appeal to our audience. You take a Venn diagram. Our audience is everybody. <clears throat> and everybody is right there in the middle. But you have all of these concentric circles around on the, on the outside. Everybody who likes science fiction. Everybody who likes fantasy. Everybody who likes horror. Everybody who likes video games. Everybody who likes comic books. And all of those circles intersect in the middle... Everybody. And politics doesn't play into it. Gender doesn't play into it. Uh, uh, age doesn't play into it. Nationality doesn't play into it. Everybody. And if you've got something like Marvel or Star Wars or Doctor Who, your target is everybody. That's the broad topic. That's the, the, the broad target, rather. And hello, Bianca. It's good to see you. And Robert, I see you in the chat as well. Good to have you both here. But the, the broad brush big target is everybody. 
and you can get specific with the different kinds of everybody with the different programs you have. So we have a program. You know, we've got our news stuff on Saturday morning. We've got discussion programs. We've got interview programs. We've got Star Wars programs and Star Trek programs and all that. So we dial in the focus on various different programs. So if you're not into horror, then you're not, you're, you may not watch Foreign Bodies. You may not watch our horror report. You have interest in Star Trek? Well, we have a Star Trek news show. If you have, you know, interest in Star Wars, we get Star Wars news shows. We've got a Doctor Who show we got to bring back. You know, th- we have those shows that are focused. We're gonna we're we're in the process right now of of redeveloping our video game news program, The Grid, and that's eventually going to get relaunched. We've got a comic book news program that we'd like to get out or try to try to I'd like to get it back up on on the air by January, Comic Con Carney. But the the overall brand appeals to everyone who's got an interest in this kind of thing. And you may not watch every single show that we have, and that's fine. But if I'm sitting here saying watch us or else I'm going to start calling you names. That's not good for the brand. And and these people need to understand it. So, Media Kit 101 on Friday, we're going to go through some of this stuff because I just, <clears throat> I get so frustrated because I, how do I say this? How do I say this without sounding bitter? I, uh, 34 years of experience that I've got. I don't have, I have not had the opportunity to do so. The, the, I see, I, this, I felt this really after one of the Thor, I, I went and watched one of the Thor movies by myself. I think it was Dark World. Uh, and it was after my divorce, and I'm, I'm, I'm in there, I'm watching the theater, and I see all of these people that are working in the industry that I wanted to work in. I wanted to be a filmmaker, and I wanted to do that. And I'm so frustrated. So, like, I see all of these people doing this thing that I wanted to do for a long time. And I see now people doing the things that I wanted to do for a long time. And I see people that are doing things that I'm doing now in terms of, you know, talk shows and, re- and reporting and news and opinion and all of that. And plenty of people getting opportunities to do various different things. And, I, and yes, on, on one hand, I do get a little bit frustrated because we don't get those opportunities because I'm so good at what I do. And people need to know that I'm good at what I do. But at the same time, I don't generally brag about how good I am at what I do. I let the work speak for itself. If it appeals to you, great. If it doesn't, that's fine too. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say... Watch my show because I'm so fantabulous. Maybe I should do more of that. I don't know. Maybe maybe that'll get us up to 5,000 subscribers. Who knows? Anyway, all right. So, She-Hulk, take it or leave it. What not? I'll give it. I'll give it a couple more episodes. We'll see what happens. I I'm not. I'm. I I just don't care. And this whole thing. I I'm not even going to get into this whole thing about Steve Rogers' virginity. Nobody was talking about that before the media memo went out. Hey, let's everybody talk about Steve Rogers' virginity. No, I no, don't care. Not going to do it. Not it doesn't matter. It only matters to the Tumblr crowd. 
It is a complete waste of time. And it's a distraction, too. Because if we're all talking about that, we're not talking about the quality of the writing of the show. Now, the performances are fine, mostly. The writing, not so much. We'll see if it gets any better. I don't know. Like I said, you know, we've only got the first episode. Media has seen three, four. They've seen four. So, I don't know. It. It might get better. Hopefully it gets better. Who knows? I don't know. All right. That's uh, that's it today. Don't forget, we are on all of the different radical social media outlets <clears throat> and all of the radical video outlets. We're not on, we're not on all of them. We're not on DLive. We're, we we haven't done, I haven't done anything on Twitch in a while. Uh, Odyssey, Rumble, YouTube, Twitch. We got a newsletter you can sign up for. Uh, there's there's the PayPal link. You probably get get your get your tips in before that shuts down. I have no idea what's going on with that yet. So uh, anyway, there there's that. Four hundred and fifty on Wednesday. We got to figure out what we're going to do there tonight. H two O podcast. Mr. Harvey and I will be talking about something. Not sure what, but. Uh, Make sure you're on the socials. We'll post what uh, what our what our topic is going to be, and then tomorrow night, uh, Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, we'll have a new discussion in the Ranker Pit, talking about Star Wars stuff, and uh, who knows, it 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 might go completely sideways. <laughs> All right. Thanks very much for being here, folks. Uh, all of you in the chat. Don't forget, share the link. Tell other people about it. Let's uh, let's get those numbers up. We're we're at rookie numbers right now. Let's get up to let's get up to five thousand subscribers by by Labor Day. Let's make that the goal. All right. Thanks very much for being here, folks. Remember, there are four lights. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi for Me Radio. Copyright 2022 by Flaming Dog Media LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.